You're listening to an IOE podcast. Powered by UCL Minds. Welcome to the UCF staff room. I'm Elaine Long. And I am Mark Quinn. We are programme leaders for the UCL Early Career Teacher Development Programme. Why are we in the staff room? We are here because this is where the best professional learning conversations always take place. This is where problems can be aired bluntly and where solutions can be explored. Over the course of this series, we will hear the voices of different colleagues as they come into the ECF staff room. We will hear from early career teachers themselves and from the mentors and induction tutors who support them. We will talk about all things ECF, the challenges and the joys. So why don't you enjoy a coffee with us, perhaps even grab a biscuit and sit down to half an hour of ECF staff room chat. Emanuele, uh, welcome to uh, the ECF staff room. Um, you've had a busy day, I've uh, I've no doubt. Please put your feet up, uh, take a seat. Got a nice soft chair there for you. Um, what's been your day like so far? Uh, just another day in a secondary school, you know, Mark. Uh, screaming kids, screaming teachers. No, I'm joking, all good. Ah. Um, I just finished teaching my year eights. In fact, we were doing the speaking test, so... They were all right, yeah. I taught them decently, hopefully. Very, very good. And uh, you must be parched. So you want a, want a coffee of some kind? What, what, what would you like? Well, being Italian, you know, I have to have a properly made coffee. So I have a Nescafe machine at home, but no, not in the school, unfortunately. So no sachet or instant coffee for me. I'm just going to have my water. Thank you, though. Well, don't don't uh, underestimate us. We we have a we've got a special Italian oh, coffee machine want? installed specially for you. So I'll 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 get one going, um, and <laughs> and it, it might not it might not arrive before the end of the of the chat. But we'll we'll get it we'll get it ready. Thank you, thank you. Uh, welcome to the staff room, Emanuele. I noticed that you have very high standards when it comes to coffee, and I'm sure you have equally high standards when it comes to the learning of your students. And I, I'm interested, why did you decide to become a teacher and what route took you to this point? Well, I've decided to um, join the Teach First training programme because I think too many young people are not fulfilling their potential at school. And this cycle continues from generation to generation, which widens social inequality. And it's a cycle I was determined to help break because we cannot deprive a child of the opportunity to learn, develop and make their aspirations flourish. So as one of the uh, 10,000 Teach First ambassadors, what I aim to do is I aim to strive to make education and other sectors fairer through teaching and leading in challenging areas, because I deem inequality to be the new social question that we're all called to deal with responsibly. I can see that there's a lot of moral purpose um, behind what you do, which is really inspiring to hear. I know you're a participant on one of our ECT programme, well, on our UCL ECT yeah. programme. We only have one UCL ECT programme. Um, what have been the highs and lows of your year so far? Um, I've developed a lot of resilience and um, 
positive professional relationship with the staff. I've been also a form tutor, which allowed me to establish positive relationships with the young people I work with based on trust as well. Um, I've also utilized and shared my love of languages and um, I have been able to achieve unexpected milestones. For example, um, receiving positive feedback when I applied for um, the assistant head of department position. I've also been offered the place in the UCL Educational Leadership Master's course and the National Professional Qualification Leading Teaching. So um, it's been a great year and uh, I'm really, really, you know, proud of it. But of course, there have also been the, the challenges such as general stress and pressures of the job which um, you know, I'm going to have to say they also led to physical changes as well, a bit, like losing my hair. <laughs> well, so you certainly had quite a dizzying year, so I'm not surprised yeah. you drink so much um, high quality coffee to, to get all those, <laughs> get all those things in. Can yes. I delve a bit more in, into the highs of, of your year? Yeah. Um, because I know you probably it sounds like one of the things you enjoy most is being in the classroom with the students and I note from your biography that you're a modern foreign languages um, yeah. teacher which I think are some of the best lessons to to observe in, in school actually can you tell me a bit more about how the programs helped you to be a better modern foreign languages teacher well obviously uh, looking uh, very specifically at the teaching standards I have managed to develop more effective lessons like how to plan them and I feel quite confident in that but also behavior management which is uh, a very you know integral part of um, of being a teacher um, and then yeah as you said the languages I mean it's my biggest passion I've learned uh, English French Spanish as foreign languages themselves so I do know the challenges that the students go through and my hope is that what I aim to do is I try to model how to overcome those challenges because I myself first have um, you know have faced them so um, that has allowed me to to be more relatable to the students not just to sort of like dictating top to bottom but you know bottom up and I do believe that you know also a good leader should look into that as well so I've learned how to develop these type of like assertiveness, this self-confidence, and uh, the program has been very supportive on that. Oh, great. So it's great to hear that the programme's really helped you, your confidence to flourish. And you mentioned some physical changes. You mentioned you'd lost a bit of hair. I sympathise with that because I dye my hair, but underneath, <laughs> after 20 years of teaching, it is it is quite great. Don't tell anybody that. Well, um, <laughs> so, so one so, of the joys, one of the joys of podcast, of course, is that no one has to know. No that, one can right? see so. us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, that's why we're doing a podcast. That's absolutely why this is a podcast and and not a video. So, so what's what's been tricky about the ECT year so far? Of course, juggling everything is uh, is very challenging. I'm sure that everyone you know says this one because um, teachers already themselves have a busy lifestyle and obviously with a, a training program on top, it seems like it becomes more unbearable. But um, I like to think that that pro, you know this program was and is you know a supportive um, place for us to to tackle these workload um, issues that we might have. Yeah. So um, bearing in mind that obviously I was doing also like a second year of my teach first training program that 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 made it again look a little bit more unreachable. But we're almost there, almost at the end of uh, year one ECT and uh, year two teach first. So um, as I said. It is challenging, but it's definitely worth it. And I could not recommend it any any 
more and less. Yeah, as in, I really, really recommend it. Yeah. And some of our Teach First participants say that they, they can find the programme a, a repeat of their ITE year. Is that is that something you found? How have you sort of dealt yeah. with that? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think that, you know, it's not a bad thing because that allows us to even embed, embed it even further, the learning that we went through the first year. Because bearing in mind that the first year is the first time that we are thrown into a classroom and we have um, almost a full-time table, perhaps we do miss certain things. So going through the ECT is actually um, a way to refresh and, and sorry, refresh, not refresh, refresh and uh, go through the things that perhaps we, we you know, we had missed out in the in previous year. Oh, yeah. that, that, that's great that that's that's the way you've approached it. Uh, so, Emanuela, you, you contacted us because uh, you wanted to talk in the ECF staff room about how you uh, collaboratively with other ECTs and new teachers in your current school have been attempting to raise LGBTQ plus inclusivity in the classroom and in the extended culture, perhaps. So maybe you can start by saying to us what you mean by uh, inclusivity with LGBTQ plus and, and why it matters so much. I think that it's a primary role for educators to actively embody and promote the values of mutual respect and tolerance, as well as denounce any, any type of discrimination, notwithstanding faiths and beliefs. And it's not even circumscribed to um, a sheer pronoun for personal preference. I think it entails legal and cultural expectations as well, and modeling uh, um, nowadays society in a safe environment and contributing to, um, to an inclusive pedagogy. This is set out also in part of the teacher standards. And schools should be an inclusive environment for all. You know, we have, for example, notable acceptance and care targeted students with SCND, EAL, but tolerance towards gender and sexual orientation diversity is equally important. And um, for example, what we could do is initiating classroom talks regarding gender inclusive language. And I think that in the context of modern foreign languages, we have a privileged stance um, because what we aim to do in you know in our subject is we try to value diversity and this is a you know a very prominent aspect of our um, of our subject yeah that's that's really interesting about about what you say about modern foreign languages now if i can just ask you to think about schools in general what do you think they could do to improve the experience of lgbtq plus students in their schools I believe we should um, we should be able to promote more representation, which then tends to lead to normalization in the curriculum. I think representation is um, is just a, an easy way to to promote it because you're trying to normalize something that is out there in the society, but you're doing it in a subtle way by integrating it in the in the subjects and in the context in the topics that we're we're, we're trying to teach. That's yeah. a, that's really interesting and I've often thought about that as an English teacher in, in terms of the, the books we choose and the characters that students relate to. You know, I, I've spoken to friends in the past that said, for example, if there was a gay character in a book I'd read when, when I was a child, that would have made me feel like the culture was much more inclusive. So I think it is about the choices we make at curriculum level. So, so thinking about ECTs as, as well, I guess, when they're planning yeah. their curriculums, is there, is there anything you'd say to them in terms of representation? I just, I would, um, I would obviously do my research like, like I have and or even talk to other experienced teacher or 
um, newly sort of qualified teachers, ECTs, because we have, like, I'm sure that, you know, in every school there is someone that is passionate about this. And I think it is important to, to, um, to represent these individuals in the, in the curriculum because it raises issues and it raises always questions and that's fine. I mean, for example, it, it's easy tricks. I mean, I, I can obviously talk about, um, uh, French because that that was the language uh, that that is the language I, I've been teaching and the subject is modern foreign languages I mean even reading comprehension tasks if you think about it my parents what about if we change it to my two moms or my dads and then the students will ask because this has happened to me actually I say that, oh sir it says my two moms yeah it says my two moms that's it that's the answer so for example like you know who who are um, Sophie's parents you know um, as I said, and then and then they say, oh, okay, and then we move on. But again, it's about that normalization of um, the diversity. Yeah, so it's really integrated in the curriculum. Yeah, that's a great example. It's really interesting how that how those small tweaks that you're describing that you use in your modern foreign languages classroom can really make a big difference. And it's interesting that you said within any school. And I think this is the case for all schools. Really, there are a number of people that are passionate about inclusivity but that number isn't enough and I think what I'm hearing is that that every teacher should be passionate about that and, and that should be at the forefront of every ECT's mind when, yes. when they're planning their curriculum whether there are modern foreign languages teacher thinking about that or an English teacher thinking about the text they're choosing or a maths teacher thinking yes. about the examples that they write it's it's almost quite empowering to think as teachers we have the capacity yeah. to make a big difference in yeah. students' lives through the language we use and the examples we give in terms of making them feel more included. And I, I think that's a really empowering message that you're bringing today. It's all about the language and it's about the awareness of the language that we use. That's how I see it. Yeah. And do you think teachers in school need more more training on that? I, I generally do. Yeah, I think that we should uh, focus um, some of our um, CPDs, for example, after half term in talking about gender inclusive language or um, sort of like tackling uh, homophobic and transphobic comments. I do think that um, schools require that. Yeah, it should be more pushed because it's at the end of the day, it's part of the Equality Act 2010. It's part of the Inspections Act 2006. So we have a lot of legal documents that um, promote it. So we as schools should really do, you know, should really like um, empower these teachers to, um, to, to represent uh, LGBTQ plus inclusivity. Yeah. It's it's interesting you refer to other legal documents like the Equalities Act, Emanuele, because you'd be aware, I'm sure, that uh, LGBTQ plus inclusivity is not explicitly referenced in the Early Career Framework, which is yes. the programme that you're engaged in with us. Mm. Um, so there's, there's no mention about how to do that well in schools, how to raise those issues with young people. Um, it, does that does that does that matter, or or do you feel that actually are there other important things which are um, excluded from the early career framework, which or or that ECTs should know about or should know how to do, and that therefore the this program is somehow a missed opportunity? Would you say something about that? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know what? 
You're right. I do think it matters. Yes, it should definitely be an integral part of the ECF because it also falls in the teacher standards anyway. I mean, especially if we look at standard one, set high expectations. It states um, creating a culture of respect and trust in the classroom supports all pupils to succeed. Or if you think about standard seven, managing behavior effectively, according to which in order to develop a positive, predictable and safe environment for pupils, we must work alongside colleagues as part of a wider system of behavior management and respond quickly to any behavior or bullying that threatens emotional safety. And then finally, standard eight, um, which is fulfilled wider professional responsibilities. Standard eight impels teachers to contribute positively to the wider school culture and develop a feeling of shared responsibility for improving the lives of all pupils within the school. So it's all there. It's, it is in the ECF, but I just think it should be made more explicit. That's all. Yeah, I, I, I think that's um, uh, uh, thank you for that, actually, because uh, uh, you can imagine that um, putting a program such as this together as as we did, there are many gaps. I'm I'm absolutely certain of it. There there are many it's opportunities. A it's a new program, and, it, and it's it's a new program, but it's great the way it is now. But of course, there's always room for improvement. We teachers teach this to our students. We make mistakes. We learn from them, and you know, and of course, there's always going to be gaps. But that's that's what it's all about. It's all about change. Yeah, change is never ending. So, yeah, and and uh, Elaine and I and everybody else at UCL is completely passionate about the idea that we can improve our program by being responsive to the participants on it, which is underpins the whole point of this whole podcast. Why we you know want want people like you on to share your voice with us, um, and I'm certain we'll be in touch again to talk about you know actually take to to, to draw upon your expertise, I suppose, and other and other colleagues that you've been working with at your school. Thank you. Well, what we might be able to do to uh, make the program that 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 significantly better, actually, not just a little bit better, but significantly better. So we would start we'd watch out for a call from us, Emanuele. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> and uh, just before you go and leave the staff room, we ask everybody to write something on a post-it note. So I'm going to hand you a post-it note now virtually, and it's up to you what you write on that post-it note and who you want to show it to and where you put the post-it note. So can you tell me what, what you'd like to do? Mm, let's see. You know what? Um, I used to think that being brave meant that you're unscared of anything. But all of this has actually helped me realize that being brave means you aren't afraid to be scared. It means that you embrace the scary because a lot of the times the scariest things are also the most important, like admitting who you are or who you love. So this post-it notes goes to all the teachers, um, all the teachers out there who are doing this already and fighting every day for an inclusive and safe environment for all students. I just hope I only get braver from here. Thank you. That's that's a very inspiring thing to put on a post-it note, and I'm sure your students feel very lucky to have you as as their teacher. I think I would have really liked a uh, modern foreign languages teacher um, like you. It might have improved my command of French. <laughs> uh, we can just hear the the bell ringing there. Um, otherwise, I think we'd be very happy just to sit for a good half hour longer in the staff room and chat to you, Emanuele. But but we have to go. Um, uh, the uh, coffee, I think your coffee is just about ready, so you might have to put it in a, 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 a lidded cup and take it with you. I don't know if you want a biscuit, but there's a tray there waiting for you to to pick one up on your way out. Uh, pleasure talking to you.
and uh, and good luck with the rest of the of the program and or, or and your various other professional development endeavors that you were telling us about at the beginning. Um, thanks very much. Our thanks go to Emanuele Frascadore for sharing an Italian coffee with us this week in the ECF staff room. Emanuele is an MFL teacher in Hayes. Please do get in touch with us if you'd like to chat with us about your ECF experience. We especially want to hear from a range of different voices. In the meantime, join us next time for a biscuit and a chat with another colleague in the ECF staff room. Thanks so much for downloading and listening to this IOE podcast.